If you have your Bibles or if you have your computer open, which you probably do, uh, open up another tab, go to Bible Gateway, and turn your computers to Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. Very popular story, um, but I'm going to preach it anyway. Sometimes I get nervous about popular stories in the Bible because you got to get the new, fresh revelation, uh, but I might tell you some things you've heard before, and um, just uh, listen and uh, be encouraged. <laughs> Verse number 1 Uh, says this about Jesus. And when he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. Verse two says, and many were gathered together so that there was no more room, not even at the door. Uh, Man, pastors get really excited preaching this verse because they imagine a church service where there is no more room packed wall to wall. Can you imagine church? Oasis packed wall to wall. Dream for it. Believe for it. Missing the whole point of the passage of scripture says there was no room and Jesus was preaching the word to them and they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And when they could not get near him because of the crowd, that's where I feel like we missed the point. Because here you have a person who needs a healing, but the crowd is getting in the way. And and for me, there are things in my life that needed healing. I am a lead pastor, but there are areas in my life that need healing. There are areas in my family that need healing. God's doing healing in my family. My brother's walking through healing right now. My, you know, marriages are walking through healing. And sometimes the crowd gets in the way of a healing. And I really believe that God is saying that the church has been addicted to crowds. And I understand, I've said this before, I know we're going to gather again soon, but I'm telling you, sometimes the crowd gets in the way of your healing. God wants to say something to you. He wants to heal you. He wants to set you free. And sometimes we can get lost in the crowd. It says they couldn't get near him. So they removed the roof above him. And when they had made an opening they let down the bed on which the paralytic lay. Now, I don't know where they were at. I don't know if he was at home. I don't know where he was. But wherever he was, carving a hole in the roof would have been quite the church service. Can you imagine me preaching right now and above me, just like, I don't even know what they cut into the roof. You just see the hacksaw coming through the roof and someone is lowered down on a bed, paralyzed, just laying on the mat. There would be some crazy church service. They were willing to do anything. He had four friends who carried him to Jesus. He had four friends who carried him to Jesus. He had four friends who carried him to Jesus. We don't take people to Jesus anymore. We don't because we actually get value out of being in that person. Like we don't, I'm going to say this to you because this is something that I've been through. Sometimes when I'm at my lowest point, I get my value out of helping people who are lower than me. And so I don't even want to point them to Jesus because I feel good because I'm doing it. Can you write this down? Sometimes our biggest temptation is not to be a sinner, but a savior. It's not that we're sinning. We're trying to be the savior. I'll tell you what to do. It's my wisdom. I'll give you the plan because We get validated out of people needing us. We don't get value out of being known. Pastor Amy said this. We get value out of being needed. And if you're going to be a Christian, you need to get value out of being known. I know God and God knows me. I don't get value out of being needed. I get value out of being known. God knows me. He knows my name. Someone needs to be encouraged with that right now because you don't feel needed. And the Holy Spirit is saying you don't feel needed, but you're known. 
I know you. I know you by name. I know you. God is, 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 is telling you I know your name. I know your name. Can you imagine if you were a basketball fan and, you know, Colton, you're a basketball fan, aren't you? Can you imagine if you went to the Grove and LeBron James was like, Colton! You're like, you'd be like, what? <laughs> Colton! Yeah, you know that, that church that you came from? Crazy enough, somebody sent me a sermon and, 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 and you were preaching, and that's you. I know, Colton. It's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Think about that. You'd be so excited that LeBron James knows your name. I want you to think about a person right now. You'd be so excited if you found out they knew your name. God, the creator of the universe, knows your name. He knows your name. And, 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 and sometimes we, we, we don't understand that and we, we get discouraged and we want to be known. Or we want to be needed, so we end up trying to be the Savior. When God says, you're the sinner, I'm the Savior. It says they brought him to Jesus. They made an opening in the roof. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. If that would have been the temple, by the way, they would have desecrated God's holy place. Cut a hole in it. That's a repair bill. I don't know how much it costs to repair a roof, but, but no one messed with the temple. Like you'd be executed for that. And they, if it was a temple, we don't know. They cut a, and Jesus wasn't mad that they cut a hole in the roof. He wasn't mad that they were sinners. He just forgave them. But he had, they had faith. What if we're trying to gain all the things that impress other people and Jesus says, you know what? You're messed up. You're actually not that good at what you do. You're not even that great. Don't like your shoes, but you know what? It's the faith for me. I want to preach a message titled, it's the faith for me. Because there was all these things wrong with these people. The guy couldn't walk. They're cutting holes in the building, messing everything up. They have sinned. Jesus, matter of fact, they came in there for a healing. And Jesus said, we got to address your issues. You got some issues. Son, your sins are forgiven. They had all these issues, and yet God moved simply because of their faith. He said, it's the faith. I can't. Some of y'all out there, you don't even know what you're doing, but God just cannot help but bless you because he keeps saying, it's just the faith for me. He's an idiot. He's stupid. He smokes pot. He, he, he has girls that he shouldn't be with. He thinks he's going to be in the music business, but it's the faith for me. I'm talking about myself. It's the faith for me. This guy's crazy enough to believe what I say. It's the faith for me. The Bible has a whole book called, called, called Hebrews 11, and, they, and scholars call it the Hall of Faith. Yeah. It just talks about faith. Because God says, I just love people of faith. I love people of faith. Matter of fact, the Bible says, when Jesus comes, will he find faith in the earth? I, I see all these Instagram posts, and I don't know if you follow me, but ever since I became an Instagram model, um, I've been like studying on the Instagram and there's all these like little posts out there. Like I saw this post last week and I guess everybody had a really good job and it was like my whole crew eating. That was like the tag. And if you are, you know, not hip, not cool, eating means getting money. They, they weren't at the buffet. Somebody just put in the chat, restaurants are indoors now? I'm like, no, 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 no. Cause I said my whole crew eating. Somebody say restaurants are back open. No, 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 no. My whole crew eating means everybody's getting money. 
I saw a couple, another post when we could all hang out. I, I, these four girls were in like really nice dresses. They were going out for somebody's birthday. And the one girl uh, put, my whole team is fire. Meaning that they all are pretty, which is interesting enough because they weren't like really. No, I'm just playing. I'm just playing. But you never, ever see a post that says, my whole team has faith. I've never seen one. And I'm presenting you the, the thought of unprecedented faith could be everybody I know has faith. Not my whole team eating, my whole team fire, my whole team has faith. Because the Bible says when he saw their faith, not his faith, their faith. And I am challenging you, going into 2021, you're going to need some friends with faith. With faith. You know, it's been hard to come by in 2020 to get some friends with faith. Everybody's complaining, and you can get a full-time job comforting those who are complaining instead of challenging those who are complaining. I want you to write this down. It's very important. And I know you didn't think you were going to hear a message about friendships, but some of y'all are stuck where you're at because of your friends. Some of you are becoming more negative because you're hanging out with cynical and negative people. Some of you are getting out of shape because you just hang out with people who don't want to do nothing but eat, eat away their problems. Some of you have been drinking because you don't hang out with nobody but who wants to have a beer all the time. Some of you are, are becoming who you're hanging out with. And I'm not saying don't love them. I'm saying you need to diversify your portfolio to make sure you have some friends with some faith because one day you're not going to have the strength. One day you're going to feel stuck. One day you're going to feel paralyzed and you're going to need at least four people. Because remember, some of you are not getting where you're going because you only got one person and they're trying to drag you into the presence of God. They're trying to drag you towards God's word and you need at least four people when you're paralyzed and you feel stuck. I'm telling you right now, you need some, you need some friends with some faith. And, and I, I am telling you, like, and, I, and I'm saying this, let me tell you where I got this message from. Because nobody wants to be challenged anymore. We only want to be comforted. Nobody wants to be challenged. You ever have a friend who comes to you and they come to you with a problem and you know it's them? And they're telling you the problem is their boss and you're like, it's you. Did I say that out loud? And they tell you it's their friend and it's them and you can't find the courage to tell them that it's them? Because you know they don't want to be challenged, they want to be comforted? Do you know that I'm not telling you not to be nice, but I looked up every verse in the Bible on comfort. Very few were people comforting people. Wow. I'm going to read them to you. Psalm 23, verse 4. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Psalm 147, 3. God heals the brokenhearted and binds their wounds. Romans 15, 4. Watch this. For whatever things were written before were written for our learning that we learn through the patience and comfort of the scriptures, they might have hope. You ever heard, told somebody something and they say, I just want you to listen. I don't want to be fixed. <laughs> so you don't want to hear anything about what could shift your circumstances in your life? Every time I tell him something, he just likes to tell me scriptures. 
the scriptures were designed for your comfort. Do you know the word comfort in the Bible is the word periclesis? Did you know that? Neither did I. I looked it up. You know what the word, the Greek word for Holy Spirit is? Paraclete. Paraclesis. Paraclete. So real comfort is whatever you say has to be what the Holy Spirit told you to say, or it's not comfort, it's codependency. So when you are struggling, you need to be saying to your friends, hey, don't tell me what I want to hear. I need a paraclesis from the paraclete. I need a word from the Lord to comfort me. And if we make people give us false comfort, we stay stuck. You, you know, I, I have so many verses I want to share. But do you know the Bible says don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers? You know what a yoke is? It's this contraption that they put two oxen in. And it says don't be unequally, don't be connected to someone that doesn't have any faith. Because here's what will happen. If they put a, a really strong ox and a really weak ox, right, in the same yoke, the contraption that makes them plow the field together, then what happens is the plow goes in circles. So they have to put two oxen on the same level so that they can get what they're here to accomplish done. Somebody's going in circles, not because there's something wrong with your faith, there's something wrong with your friend. Oh my God, I'm sorry. Let me just straighten this rooster real quick. It's getting hard in here, man. Cock-a-doodle-doo, you know what I'm saying? Shoot, we got to change the subject. Do you know I had, uh, uh, when I was um, struggling, I had this job as a telemark and I had this really rich boss who believed in me. And every time I made a mistake, I did something wrong. He said, hey, I got to tell you something. And do you want me to tell you it's from New York? You want me to tell you the New York way or the California way? Every time you say, you want me to tell you the New York way or the California way? And I had so much respect for him, I would say the New York way. And then right after I said that, beep, 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 what's the matter with you? Crazy, beep, beep, beep. I'm blurting it out. And every time he told me, I wish I would have picked California. But had I picked California, I wouldn't be the man of God I am today. Because I said, give it to me straight. I don't know how long I'm going to know you. And I only worked there for three and a half years. But every time he gave it to me straight, what would have taken 10 years took three and I was ready. You got to tell some of your friends, give it to me the New York way. I'm tired of going around in circles. You're going around in circles because you won't let them challenge. The Bible says that God wants to make your path straight. Do you know it says that? That God sets the crooked path straight? Somebody's crooked path is going to get set straight. You got to call up your friend right now. Text them in the middle of this message. Have I ever done anything that you didn't feel like you could challenge me on? Because I'm trying to get all that God has for me. Julian's talking about unprecedented faith. I need some unprecedented friends if I'm going to have some unprecedented faith. I need somebody when I'm paralyzed in my emotions, my thoughts, and my feelings. I need somebody to tell me the truth. Or so I'm going to keep going in circles. Some of us are work. You got to remember. You got to remember. They marched around the wall of Jericho in circles. But they were silent. And when they opened their mouth and said the right thing, yeah. 
The walking in circles stopped and the wall came down. I'm prophesying. You got a friend that has the word of the Lord in their mouth for your life, but because you want to be comforted and not challenged, you're going in circles. And I got, I came to prophesy over you. It's the seventh day. The wall of Jericho's are coming down. If you would release that friend to tell you the truth. They know you're trifling, but they love you. Y'all sitting up there licking ice cream cones together? (laughs) Having fun? And they know you need to be on a budget, but you're asking them to pray for provision. I need some friends to tell me the truth. I can't be going in circles. I can't be going in circles. I need some friends to tell me the truth. When's the last time you had a friend tell you something you didn't want to hear and you received it? I can read you another verse on comfort. Shout for joy, you heavens, rejoice, you earth. Burst in the song, for the Lord comforts his people. The Lord comforts his people. Proverbs 27, verse 6 says this. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but it is an enemy who multiplies kisses. Don't forget, the one who betrayed Jesus was the one who kissed him. Peter cursed him. Judas kissed him. And who started the church, the kisser or the curser? At least Peter was being real. Oh, my God. This is such a good word, man. I'm just encouraged. I'm about to text somebody right now and tell them, I'm sorry, we can't hang out this week. You ain't got no faith. I'm not going to text them that. And I'm not saying we don't love people. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying when... What space are you in could be directly related to who you are hanging out with. I'm not saying get rid of your friends, but call your friends right now and saying, hey, if we can't tell each other the truth, this is not friendship. If our friendship doesn't strengthen our knowledge of who God is, this is not friendship. I'm not saying get rid of your friends. I'm saying if your friends aren't building your faith, they're not friends. They're not friends. This is so important. Think about this. And it's one of the reasons that I know, that I know. John 15, verse 15, look what Jesus said. This is how Jesus defined a friend. I do not call you my servants any longer. For my servant does not know what his master is doing. But I've called you my friends because I've had revealed to you everything that I heard from my father. I got to read that again. This is how Jesus defined friendship. If Jesus is getting ready to tell you, you're my friend because, you better listen. You are my friend because everything I have revealed to you was from my father. We're friends because you let me tell you what the father is showing me. And if that is off limits, we can serve each other. We can hang out. But we're not friends. The Bible says iron sharpens iron. Have you ever seen two pieces of iron getting sharpened? It gets hot. There's sparks. Does that make sense? We want the friends. We don't want the sparks. We should be like friction. It should get, it should get heated. It shouldn't get destructive, but it should get heated. We're iron rubbing together. I got to challenge some things. Because I believe in you. And here, let me give you, let me give you, this is so important because some of y'all are like, yes, finally someone's preaching. I can't wait to tell my friend uh, she's tripping. You know, no. Can I just give you a, a thing? 
Never correct someone because what they're doing irritates you. The Bible says God's thoughts towards you. So if your thoughts towards them are not good, God would never, never give you the responsibility of telling them the truth. Remember, the truth, what they need to hear, is a paraclesis. The Holy Spirit is not mad. The Holy Spirit doesn't think they're bad. Watch this. The first problem in the Bible is not sin. It is not having the right partner. God, the, world, the world was dark and void and without form, and God never once said it was, wasn't good. He just created. It's good. He did it again. It's good. He created you and I. said, it's very good. The first time he said something, it's not good for man to be alone. So what I'm telling you is, if, if you are irritated with what they're doing, then get to a place where you can see them. There's a truth movement happening where you got to tell people the truth. If people want to get offended, tell them the truth. No, 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 no. That's sometimes that's an excuse. God will never make you a steward of the truth until you're a steward of his perspective. I will. Somebody says, say it again. God would never make you a steward of the truth until you're a steward of his perspective. So if, if Caleb or Jamaica needs to hear the truth from me, he would never allow me to be the steward of the truth that I need to tell Caleb or Jamaica until I'm the steward of the perspective that he has of Caleb and Jamaica. So I can't tell them what God wants me to tell them until I see them how God wants me to see them. And that's why truth is watered down right now because we don't see our friends the way that God sees them. So we try to tell them what God wants to tell them, but we don't see them how God wants us to see them. And the truth has no impact. And we say they don't want to hear the truth. No, they don't want to hear the truth from someone who does not have God's perspective of who they are. So we have to have the ability to see flaws, terrible flaws, and still be able to see them the way that God wants us to see them so we can tell them what God wants us to tell them. It's one of the things about leadership that I, I protect with everything. I need a revelation on who they are before I can get a revelation on what I should say. Because it, it just does damage. When you don't have the perspective, but you have the truth, the Bible says the word of God is a sword. It protects, but it also damages if done in the wrong way. And I just want to encourage you that for your faith, Jesus said, I... My friends are people where revelation is flowing, where what the Father revealed to me, I'm telling you, so you're my friends. They weren't their friends because they weren't listening. And here's the thing. Jesus loved them, but they weren't listening, so they were still servants. Now that you have the ability to listen to what God is telling me, you're my friends. You're my friends. Jesus was excited to have friends. I always find it interesting that Jesus had a pathway to being his friend and pastors sometimes don't have a pathway to being their friend. They're just, they're your employees. I don't have employees. I got friends. Especially the ones who do what they're supposed to be doing. <laughs> it says right there. That's what he said. I'm just kidding. That's why we don't have baptism in the church because we don't have friendship. The ending point of discipleship is friendship. We're trying to get to the point where we can be friends. Jesus had discipled them for three years and then said, you're my friends now. 
The point is not bigger churches and more connect group leaders. We're not discipling people to have more people doing stuff for us. We're discipling people so we can have more friends. Jesus, after three years of discipleship, said, guess what? I got some new friends. And we go, I got a campus pastor now. That's what leaders do. I got a campus pastor now. I got a person to do this. I got a person to help me with my career. No, discipleship, the culmination is friendship. So if you are really discipling someone correctly, they will end up being your friend. It's not programming. The goal is we're going to be friends. And so many people say they're discipling someone, but I'm not, we're not friends. I don't know you. You don't even know my kid's name. We don't even know. We've never even had Popeye's chicken together or, or veggie grill or whatever we do. Like we don't, and you're, you're, I'm discipling him. I'm discipling him. We, you don't even know him. Does that make sense? Friendships are, are so powerful. And here's why. We got to be careful because in times of crisis, we spend more time with those who need us and less time with those who encourage us. Because that's our, our instincts. And, you know, a lot of people know that I've been on this fitness journey. And let me tell you something, man. Your boy had cauliflower rice today. Do you see my vibe right now? Your boy had cauliflower rice today. I'm still from San Bernardino. I never thought I would say I had cauliflower rice, so I got to make a little hood. Your boy had cauliflower rice today. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know this. Like, gangsters don't eat cauliflower rice. You imagine a crip? What you about to do, homie? I'm about to eat me some cauliflower rice. You're going to go bang on some... <laughs> about to eat me some cauliflower rice and go bang on somebody, cuz? It just don't make... It don't fit. So now I eat cauliflower rice, I've been stripped of all my San bernardino I'm from Studio City now. But when someone said, how'd you get in shape? I, I used to say, like, I've been saying, like, real faith stuff. God just spoke to me about my body and said my body was his temple. That's how it started. Because that's kind of what our instinct is to get real churchy. But you know the simple thing? I, I became friends with a guy named Marcellus. And the guy looks like an action figure. And so I, I don't look like an action figure. But I'm a little bit closer to an action figure than I was before. Because I made friends with an action figure. You should see the guy with his shirt off. It's amazing. I can say that. I'm secure in my manhood. It's amazing. And it's as simple as that. We just became friends. And I got in shape because I made a friend with somebody who's in shape. What if you need to be healed and you, you just make a friend with somebody who's whole? What if you have anxiety and you just make a friend with somebody who's at peace? What if... What if our failures are simply because of our friendships? Because we go off in a corner. I feel like before, and I'm not, I can't prove it, but I almost can guarantee that before this man got carried by four friends, <laughs> I'm, I, this is so funny. My lowest moment in 2020 was when I worked out with Marcellus and I overexerted myself and they carried me in the house. Do you know as a man how embarrassing it is to be carried? Put me down. They carried me in the house. My son was there. His eyes were watering. Dad, are you going to be okay? Mommy, dad's saying he can't breathe. 
they carried me in the house. I was dizzy. I thought, and my son was crying. I'm like, send him out of here. I don't want him to see me like this. I don't want to die in front of my son. It's embarrassing. But when they carried me, I was like, oh, these are my friends. Because not only did they carry me, they encouraged me. And I came back the next day. And, and this is crazy. And I, I'm breaking it down. It's not, I just met a friend who was in that place. And I ended up in that place. And to this day, I, I worked out today and it was awful. But man, I got such good friends. It's just a friendship. And I realized, I thought I was looking for fitness, but I was looking for friendship. And I found fitness through the friendship. Oh. Your friends are the key to what you will do in this season. You don't think it is a demonic attack of COVID-19 to cut you off from your friends? You don't think it is? Suicides are up so much. Drug overdoses are up twice as much as they were the year before. Because people don't have COVID, but they also don't have their friends. And God is saying, I got to restore your friends, your friends. I just, I feel so strongly about this. I feel so strongly about this. Proverbs 22 verses 24 through 25 says, don't befriend angry people or associate with hot-tempered people or you will learn to be like them and endanger your soul. Proverbs 13 verse 20 says, Walk with the wise and become wise. You ever notice sometimes, we all, it also says pray for wisdom. I prayed for wisdom all the time. And then God sent Nelson and Sam and Jamaica and a bunch of people way smarter than me. But sometimes because of my pride, I'm still in my prayer closet praying for wisdom. And God's saying, no, 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 stop. get out of your prayer closet praying for wisdom. I sent you wisdom, a wise person to walk with. But because of your pride, you're just still in your prayer closet praying for a prayer I already answered. Because I sent you somebody who has that. You got to humble yourself and ask them. Stop praying. I, I sent you someone. Stop praying for finances. I sent someone who can teach you how to get on a budget, but they keep watching you spend all that money on cappuccinos and they don't want to tell you. I sent someone. I sent someone. So many times our faith is praying for God to send something and you say, I'm not sending something, I'm sending someone. Because I need you to humble yourself and submit to the someone so you can get to something. I'm sending a wise person. I'm sending a wise person. Man, 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 man. We lost a lot in 2020. We lost a lot. And many of us, as I invite the worship team up, are, are believing for restoration. And Job, nobody lost more in the Bible than Job. And if you know the story of Job, Job lost a lot. His family, the disease came, like people died. He lost all his money. And many of us know that at the end of Job's life, or not the end of Job's life, at the end of Job, Job gets double, double. Remember at the beginning of 2020, I prophesied double. That was a stupid prophecy. I didn't get it. But it was true. But what I didn't know, I thought we'd get double than what we have. 
But the prophecy was we'd get double of what we lost. I didn't have it in me to prophesy that we would get double what we have. I had it in me. I had it in me to, to, to prophesy we had double what we have. I didn't have it in me. I didn't have the character to say, no, it's going to be double of what we lost. And in the Bible, Job got double. They took my notes. I want to read one more scripture. So you just hand me the last page of that's fine. I, I usually, I gave him the cue, but I forgot I wanted to read one more. I'll just read it like this. So I prophesied, we're going to get double. And everybody was shouting, double, double. It's the one, the scripture from Job. It's the one from Job. You, yeah, just bring the whole thing. Just bring the whole vibe. That's great. Thank you, bro. It's amazing. Just bring the whole vibe. It's fire. And I was like, I, you, I wish you were at this service because I was like, double. And everybody said, double. I was like, I'm giving you a prophecy. God's going to give us double. I say, shout double. Help me in the room because I'm trying to relive the moment. Somebody shout double. double. Somebody shout double. double. And that service was electrifying. Yeah. Remember that? People were going nuts. But I didn't know that it wasn't double what we have. It was double what we lost. And God's saying, I'm, I'm sending you through a Job season. And God's been giving me words to prepare us to get back double of what we lost. And watch this. I knew the whole time God gave Job double. But Job 42 verse 7 says this. After the Lord had finished speaking to Job, he said to Eliphaz and the Timonite, I am angry with you and your two friends. Because Job's problem had brought division with his friendship. So if you read the story of Job, he had these two friends that were telling him something different than what God wanted to say. And Job's issue brought challenges with his friends. And so it says that God believed that Job had the right perspective and his two friends had the wrong perspective. Watch this. He said to Eliphaz the Timonite, I'm angry with you and your two friends for you have not spoken accurately about me as my servant Job has. So take seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant Job and offer a burnt offering for yourselves. My servant Job will pray for you and I will accept his prayer on your behalf. I will not treat you as you deserve for you have not spoken accurately about me as my servant Job has. Here are two friends that angered God, but because they had a friend with faith, they did not receive the consequences that their actions deserved just because they had a friend with some faith. He said, y'all are tripping, but I like Job. And since Job likes you, y'all are good. Can you imagine having a friend so close to God that God would say, y'all made me heated, but Sylvia, that's my girl. And since you're friends with Sylvia, I'm going to give you a pass. Watch this. Say, so made the sacrifices. Verse 9 says, so Eliphaz the Timonite, Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the Namathite did as the Lord commanded them, and the Lord accepted Job's prayer. And I never saw this. Verse 10 says, when Job prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes. In fact, the Lord gave him twice as much as before. I'm going to say that again. When Job prayed for his friends and brought correction to their perspective of God, God said, now it's time for double. Because now, whoo, you got a friendship circle that can handle what I prophesied. See, you was rolling with some people 
who couldn't handle what I was about to do. So I had to send you through a trial to correct your friend's perspective about who I am. And now that you and your three friends are on the same page, I'm going to give you double. Somebody's got to pray for their friends. Somebody's got to correct their friends because the double is held up because your friends cannot handle. Let me tell you something. God wants to give you double, but the double will be destroyed by your friend. So he's saying, I need y'all to get together. You got to get on the same page of who I am. And you don't have to be perfect. But in the end, if y'all can just get on the same page about your faith, I will bless you. I will heal you. I will forgive you. Because the Lord's saying, it's just the faith for me. I just need somebody with some faith. I need some friends who will be willing to stop complaining, who will encourage you and inspire you to faith. If you are a friend who needs faith or you have a friend who needs faith, I just want you to lift your hands to the heavens wherever you are. Now, Jet, thank you, buddy. My, my God, man, I'm sorry. Now, I need you to pray. Just pray. Just pray. I feel the Lord so strong. Pray for your friend right now. You got a friend who doesn't have any faith. Pray for your friend right now. When Job prayed for his friends, you got a friend without any faith. You're believing for restoration. You're believing for healing. You're believing for double. The Bible says when Job prayed for his friends, God restored his fortune. Can you believe that a prayer for... I would think that God would restore your fortune if you prayed for you. But no, he said if you pray for your friend, you got a friend right now who's doing bad. You got somebody right now who is struggling. And God says, if you, I want to make you a steward of my perspective. And I'm going to make you a steward of my truth. Right now, you're going to see them the way that I see them. So you will tell them what I want you to tell them. And God's going to restore. God's going to restore. Pray for your friend right now. You have a friend right now. You got a friend right now who cheated on his wife. Pray for your friend. You got a friend right now who cheated on their husband. And you're so busy being offended that they cheated, you forgot to pray. And now you're walking in lack because God can't restore until you pray for your friend. Pray for your friend. You got a past who failed? Pray for your friend. You have a friend who betrayed you? Pray for your friend. God's saying right now, pray for your friend. Lift your friend up. You got a friend walking in pride, making crazy decisions, and you're ridiculing them? Pray for your friend. When Job prayed for his friends, God restored him. Unprecedented faith is going to take unprecedented friends. And God is saying to me, He's just saying to me, I, I just, I need you to do this because it'll be the faith for me. I know you're not perfect, but you, you, and, you and your friends, y'all got something. The enemy's trying to come between you and your friends. There are friendship circles that God has anointed to be stewards of the double. He's trying to make you guys be jealous of each other, or insecure about each other. Be, pray for your friends. Pray for your friends. I know it hurt. I know they didn't have your back. I know they messed up, but pray for your friends because the double is for the friendships. Double. Jesus said, you'll do more than I've ever done. But he wasn't talking to his servants. He was talking to his friends. More is coming over friendship. 2020 stole our friendships. Text somebody. Call them. Hey, I need our friendship to get back to the way it was. Because God's blessing the both of us. In Jesus' name, just begin to pray. Begin to intercede for them right now. Humble yourself. Be the one to call. I know you're always the one to call. Be the, always the one to call. You need it. When Job prayed for his friends, when Job prayed for his friends, the Lord restored him. So, Father, we pray for our friends, our friends that have fallen, our friends that are struggling. And, God, we restore our perspective of them so that we can tell them a paraclesis, a word of comfort from you that would bring them to be walking in the truth. In Jesus' name. Amen.